Bill Mackay is Senior Lecturer in the School of Architecture and Planning at the University of Auckland. Uh, There is a change of government underway. Housing uh, in many forms remains a real stress point for so many people. What changes are you anticipating based on some of the policies uh, under discussion right now, Bill? Good morning. Kia ora, Catherine. And... um Yes, I'm going to focus on um, nationals uh, policies primarily. Uh, next housing minister, we're all pretty confident it will be Chris Bishop. He's been a spokesperson on housing, infrastructure, RMA reform, urban development, but there'll be associate ministers and so on as well. Um, starting with social housing, um, they promised a review of uh, Kainga Aura in um Chris uh, Bishop's words, a clean-out, um, so we can um, look at a review and staff cuts there. Um, KO Kaingora have been doing really well. They've actually produced a lot. Uh, we've had to go from a position where we've done virtually nothing in the social housing area, state housing area, for 30 years, so it, it takes a while to gear up. Um In addition to that, the last national government um, aimed to shift a whole lot of social housing to charitable housing providers. Um, They did actually sell uh, a whole bunch of state houses to um, accessible properties in Tauranga. Uh, They're a charitable housing provider. Um, And this new government has already said that they'll be looking to them as well, CHPs generally, charitable housing providers and the market to deliver on social housing. So we'll see much more uh, outsourcing of housing provision, um, whether it's low or medium density, you know, uh, three storeys up to five, six storey buildings uh, mainly. Um, But the market does focus on greenfields. I'll come back to that. Um, Ministry of Housing and Urban Development and Kaingaora, they're still going to have a very big planning role because someone's got to say uh, what goes where at what density, etc. Um, the good thing about Kaingaora is they've been more focused on urban development rather than the ad hoc that you get through the market, you know, just the more sprawl stuff. Um, how will the government incentivise um, the market and CHPs to do social housing? Um, a couple of things popular with them are what's called inclusionary zoning. Uh, that's where um, a developer building housing, some of which is social or affordable, um, you have to have a number at an affordable price or provide to the government for social housing. But um, central and local government can add incentives to make that worthwhile to them. And these can be that you get uh, that your site is upzoned, meaning you can put more dwellings on it, uh, or you get more height, or you get more site coverage on your site to make it worthwhile to you. Um, And the second thing um, that uh, CHPs, charitable housing providers, would very much like is um, cheap loans um, or the government to guarantee loans so that they can get some kind of financial oomph behind them because they're struggling with interest rates and things like that at the moment as well, just as we all are. Um, In terms of urban development generally versus greenfield development, 
Um, Nationals policy talks about unlocking land and intensifying transport corridors, which I think is a code word for back to roads and motorways to greenfield developments, uh, which is something that would disappoint me. Um, But that is the sort of thing the market likes doing best. They like taking a paddock, turning it into a little suburb with one two-storey houses in it. Uh, And we've got tons of that in the country and in my opinion, we don't need any more. Um, over the last couple of decades, um, we've, we've seen um, success by different governments allowing the Ministry of Housing and Urban Development um, to do very large-scale brownfield developments. Hobsonville Point in Auckland on a former Air Force base is one. Uh, the, the old Unitech site in, uh, between Point Chevalier and Mount Albert is another. Um, they, this has to continue because we really need you know, our housing, our transport, our community facilities, shops, schools and all of that. They've got to be planned for. You know, we can't go back to developers building a suburb on a paddock. Um, that costs a lot in terms of publicly provided infrastructure. Uh, to service that. We get the loss of arable land, you get environmental impact, the carbon footprint's bigger and so on. It's just not a sustainable model in a time of climate change and all the big cities are moving that way through local government. So I'd hate to see central government moving away from that. Um, Now, Labour made two big urban development moves that were applied to local government. And one of them is um, what was called the National Policy Statement on Urban Design. Um, That one there um, really encouraged the provision of five to six-storey medium-density apartment buildings uh, close to or right on main roads with public transport. And that's actually been going really well. As you you drive around Auckland and other big cities, you can see a lot of these apartment buildings going up. It's not a building type that we have a lot of, so we need more of it so that people have got options. Uh, And we haven't been getting too much public pushback on it because actually it's largely replacing one-storey commercial buildings or used car lots and that sort of thing. Uh, I I think that will pretty much stay as it is. But the the big one that will change is what was called the medium density residential standards. Is this the three houses on an existing property without needing consent? Yeah, pretty much as of right, you could put three, three story dwellings pretty much, you know, anywhere. And that's had major blowback from uh, people in suburbs that are leafy, you know, or or character or heritage, that kind of thing. and also, um, urban design professionals have been really concerned about the ad hoc application of it, because you can do it anywhere. Um, so we would end up suddenly with a, with a big, um, you know, three three story buildings at, at the end of a cul-de-sac, distant from public transport and that sort of thing, still reliant on cars. Uh, and there's been real wobbliness in design and construction quality as well. So. Um, Uh, The biggest pushback has come from the government's constituencies in those leafy suburbs, so I think that will definitely go. Um, 
And then um, lots of uh, RMA reform, you know, get rid of red tape, everyone likes saying that. Um, but what I liked about Labor's changes is they moved away from the RMA's quite laissez-faire approach that people forget about. It says you can do pretty much anything you want anywhere, as long as you don't have a significant adverse effect on the environment. Uh, and it, those reforms have moved cities more towards the need to have a spatial plan for, quote, long-term regional spatial strategies, you know. So we'll see what happens there, but cities need to be more strategic to create sustainable and resilient environments with joined-up services. So um, that's going to be a very interesting area to see what happens there. All right. What else have you had your eyes on with respect uh, to policy it, changes likely I, to come? Yeah, a couple uh, left to go. Um, one will be, uh, as, uh, we all suspect, rolling back of all those rental reforms that Labor made. Um, National have talked about how um, it's actually backfired on the government and landlords getting out of provision of housing. Um, Personally, I don't think it's a bad thing that a lot of amateurs get out of being landlords. And we are seeing kind of like um, the iwi, uh, um, simplicity living, uh, big providers getting into building kind of like more... um, more new buildings of a decent standard that are aimed at rentals rather than uh, home ownership. Um, so I, I think, um, you know, we'll, again, that we'll see a lot happening there. Um, we have got the lower standards when it comes to kind of like rental rights in um, that OECD. So I, I think that um, I wouldn't like to see too much movement here. We're pretty primitive compared to countries our talented young people experience uh, and the countries that we're trying to get talented people from. So uh, the last thing, and I talked about this in the prior slot, so I won't bang on about it, we are going to see a lot of manipulation of statistics. Um, National have already said that they will... um, uh, reduce eligibility for uh, waiting lists for people in emergency housing such as motels. But we've got this real obsession in politics with runs on the board. Uh, we focus more on outputs rather than outcomes. We focus more on quantity rather than quality. So, um, you know, I'll be keeping an eye on that one as well. Um, But uh, the bad news, well, the good news for the new government is um, you're in government, but the bad news for you is um, we're in the time of climate change. We're still going to get those big storms. We've still, as you said, got all these stresses in housing and rentals. So good luck. Yes, and the other matter that's just on um, on Morning Report this morning on the front page of the Capitals newspaper this morning, a billion dollars a year to get the Capitals uh, infrastructure, this is uh, three waters yeah. infrastructure up to scratch. Uh, the head of Wellington Water just saying that is beyond what any council can do. It's beyond what any new water entity can do. <laughs> so, yeah. And these things are not unrelated because no. when you put your houses up and if you intensify in cities, you've got to have the services to cope, whether it's greenfields or indeed in cities, you've got to have the services to cope. So, yes, you win the election and then you've got to do it, as as you say. Yeah. Just so, very, yeah, go ahead. 
So it would be quite interesting to see, um, as it always is, the degree to which um, pragmatism kicks in um, rather than the promises and the um, philosophies that we, uh, we hear all about during the election period. Thank you very much. Never take politics out of politics, Bill. People keep trying, but anyway. Thank you. Bill Mackay is Senior Lecturer in the School of Architecture and Planning at the University of Auckland.